Okay. All right. Ready to do this thing? Ready? So I can have some energy. Okay, okay. Let's all go. Right. All right, all right. Good. Yeah. Woo -woo. <laughs> okay. So today is our very first lessons with Laveau. Yeah. So some of you don't know, I had I used to be a big podcaster way back in the day, and I mean way back in blog talk radio days. And uh, so we're getting this. We're, we're starting back up again with some new focus, some new renewed energy, new wisdom. And if you are, if you are, let's, let me uh, get this thing started recording. If you are a leader currently or an aspiring leader, or you feel like you have a purpose and destiny, to lead then this podcast is for you it's not for everybody it's for leaders and future leaders if you don't feel like you are in that category then this is for someone who knows that they need to be sharpened in the leadership area when you have a leadership calling on your life i personally believe you have a responsibility to sharpen your skills and your mindset and always challenge yourself to evolve, to grow and to challenge your morals and to make sure that you're on the right path so that you can lead other people effectively and wisely. And to, to not do so is to be irresponsible with your calling. So that's what LeBeau's Lessons is going to be about. So today we're gonna to be talking about hypocrisy in leadership. So get ready for that. Go get your pen and paper so you can take some notes. We're going to talk about some really challenging things. I'm going to ask you some really uncomfortable questions. Hypocrisy and leadership today on Lessons with LeBeau. <laughs> LeBeau's lesson. All right, so today we're talking about hypocrisy in leadership. Let me pull up my notes. Okay, so uh, 
make sure that you are following, liking, and sharing this. Subscribe if you're that person that I talked about. If you are an aspiring leader or a leader right now, you run a company, you run an organization, you run a church, a small group, you're a teacher, anybody in authoritative position or you're seeking to be in authoritative position, make sure that you have this podcast. Um, so today we're talking about hypocrisy. So on the way here, Mohammed and I were talking about our experiences of when we've had, for instance, we've seen people change due to leadership position, right, Mohammed? Mm-hmm. Have you had an experience like that? Yeah, I, funny enough, even in the car, I was saying that to when we were younger, in high school, middle school, we always had somebody responsible who was responsible for the classroom. And this person usually had to take the names of those that were talking, what they're not supposed to talk in, pretty much reporting when you, yeah, reporting. They were kind of doing their job, but yeah. as a younger kid, it's kind of like a little bit of like, come on, we're like, why would you report on me? Right. But coming back to the topic of power, even as kids, a lot of my friends, not mm-hmm. all of them, but some of them that were getting put into these positions yeah. literally became a whole total different person. Yeah. But does leadership really change people or does it magnify who they truly are inside? I remember once there was a new girl at my church. She came there in like a jean, jeans, ripped jeans and a t-shirt. Mm. Young mom. Life was a mess. Nobody wanted anything to do with her, you know. Uh, I took her under my wing because that's the type of person that I am. I'm the type of person that I see the wounded animal and I have to go and help them right in every environment. And so I befriended her and I, you know, really, uh, tried to pour into her and nurture her in that, in that environment so that she wouldn't feel alone or outcast, you know, cause I know that certain people can feel isolated when they're new she was able to get a position in the church that was close to the pastor. And in that particular church, there was like, you know, this hero worship of the pastor. And I can tell you overnight, this girl acted like she was better than me all of a sudden. <laughs> now it goes deeper. Okay. Um, this girl went on to have a position at an apartment complex where she was dealing with children, right? She was the the leader of the children, but she didn't know what she was doing, okay? She just got this job because they, you know, however she got this job, she got it. But she had no experience dealing with, with youth and youth groups and stuff like that, but I had, right? I had been doing it for a while. She said, I need someone to come in and be my assistant, you know, and help me deal with this and all of that. So I went and I already had a job. I was already making a living. I was already, but because she needed help and she didn't want to lose her job. Okay. At being a friend, I went in and helped her. I had these kids. We had, I mean, we were having a good old time because first of all, I love babies. We were having a good time. I was, you know, talking to the kids, mentoring them. We were reading stories, playing games and all of that. And, um, I remember it was one, one day I had to pick up my mom. She was having some kind of emergency. And because of that, I was late and she chewed me out. Mm. I couldn't believe it. She chewed me out. And I thought it was so hypocritical. I was saying, you mean to tell me that I am working a full-time job and 
part-time working for you, doing all of your work, dealing with the children for you, created a, a, a program for them while you sit in your office. And because I'm I your friend and late one day with a reason, a good reason, you want to sit me down in my office and say how that is never going to happen again. Oh no. So we've all, we've all seen it, right? <laughs> Hypocrisy and leadership, but it's, it's much, much deeper than that. And we're going to talk about, I'm going to have you examine yourself. Are you a hypocritical leader? Are you at risk for being a hypocritical leader? And when the tables change, turn and, and you go from being employee to being leader, and now you're starting to see why your managers and supervisors would do the things they would do. And now you're on the other end. Are you afraid that you might be looked at in the same way that you used to look at them? Yeah. I've, I've been at that, in that position. We'll, we'll talk about that. Okay. So uh, before we go into that, Mohammed, do you have any thoughts on that? We're going to have some uh, moments with Mohammed, and every every week we'll have moments with Mohammed where he gives his mindset on it, on that. But what do you think? Yeah, I I mean, first of all, I think this is very real, and just like you were talking about it a little bit earlier, it's a little bit based on whoever we are as the person first we'll probably talk a little mm -hmm. bit more about that so i think yeah it's i feel like even your friend or your partner or the mm -hmm. person that we're just talking about it's just how she was already mm -hmm. it just happened that you had to stumble on it just like that yeah just like when we were younger some of the kids once they got into these power positions they were like oh my god this is this is it this is what i was waiting for even all the way to the top of the food chains even in the police sometimes mm -hmm. not even only here in a lot of different countries in yeah. in um in these positions or in these environments where you have an authority a lot of people take advantage of it some do some don't but that's kind of where you can see that it's really how they are as a person yeah yeah you're right about that so earlier today i was i was talking about um i was talking about when the tables change will you change right because now you're faced with issues that you've never had to deal with before when you are at a lower level. Now, when you become the boss, you're faced with those same issues, right? Um, you know, I've experienced that. I've been, I've been in the exact same positions that I used to judge my bosses for. For instance, have you ever had to deal with a difficult person at work and you are trying to tell the boss about it and it seems like they're not moving fast enough they're not doing anything they're not yeah. trying to change the situation yeah. and you feel like you know why are they allowing me to have to suffer this person you know just because maybe they're a good manager or something like that or they're good at their job and now you know you know now I have to put up with this and this person is making my life difficult and they don't care right is it that they really don't care is it that they don't care? This is something that I've assumed in the past. I've been guilty of assuming that 
bosses don't care how difficult these people are. However, this is something that I've learned being on the other side. There comes liability issues. You can't just fire someone just because you don't like them or because they're, they have an attitude problem. If they can come back and try to sue you because you have to give them, you have to give them a justifiable reason for why they're getting demoted or fired. So while you're complaining that this person is difficult, you have to give the boss something concrete because they can't just fire that person like that, right? Um, unless they're stealing, they're doing something like that's that is like, you know, I could throw the book at them. Yeah. You know, why why is that? Because the, the company is gonna suffer if that person turns around and says that they are being fired unjustly. The second reason is because that person may be an uh, irreplaceable or indispensable person. That person may be um, the only person in their department that can run that department or the only person that knows how to do their job or they're not easily replaced. So everybody has to suffer with this person until they can find somebody better. And that takes time. So there's, you know, what would you do if you're in that situation? Now, here's, here's a social issue that's been happening. On the Huffington Post, it was recently reported that people is this is the title people working a minimum wage job can't afford rent anywhere in the u.s at local minimum wage rates a worker would have to put in 79 hours a week nearly two full-time jobs to afford a modest one-bedroom rental a report finds now i believe that i've seen that i've seen that and i've seen a lot of people complaining about it and saying that, oh, you guys are just figuring this out. We've been knowing this forever. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's it's true. We all know it. We don't need, we didn't need a study to report yeah. it. We already knew it. But what is, what's the real issue here? The workers are complaining. They're saying, I'm working a minimum wage job. Pay me more money because this is, does not, um, you know, it doesn't match the cost of living in this area. Now, I've been on that side, and I totally get that. But then at the same time, let's, let's, let's create a scenario, Muhammad. All right, let's take a, a McDonald's franchise. If you don't know it, franchises don't make as much money as you think they do, okay? Fast food franchises, a lot of them do not make the money that you think they do, okay? The owners, they're making passive income. But that passive income is not riches, okay? It's basically a salary, to be honest, okay? It's just a salary. This is why many franchise owners actually have multiple locations because they can't, it's not enough for them to just have one franchise location. So let's say we take the, let's say five, workers five to six to ten workers that are that are making minimum wage at mcdonald's and we decide let's pay them fifteen dollars an hour now what is going to happen at then at that point that the i'm going to tell you the franchisee will not be able to pay everybody that so what that means is that jobs will have to be cut this is when 
jobs have to be cut, okay? When, when, when downsizing happens, this is one of the reasons why. Because now we're paying people more, so now we have to fire some people. So that so you went from wanting to get paid more to now getting fired because we can't afford to pay you if we're going to pay this guy, right? Then now all of that workload that was shared by a bunch of people is now falling on a fraction of those people. So let's say we had to cut half of the people because we had to pay everybody else more, but now those people have to work longer hours. They barely get to see their family because they have to take on the work of two people instead of one. So now outside of that, that business now is in the red because where the, where the franchisee was ma uh, making his meat and, and, and breaking even, now they're gonna have to cut and cut and cut. And now they're, they're gonna start getting into debt. And this is the reason why many restaurants fail. Many franchises fail, okay? So when you have these little mom and pop shops, we wanna talk about supporting small business, okay? When you want everybody to make $50, $20 an hour, you know, to do, to do the job, what you're doing is making it so that a lot of businesses cannot get started. So if you have that dream of starting a, a franchise, you know, if this was the situation where you had to pay everybody $15 an hour, whatever, you know, your chances of survival are cut drastically. So in my mind, who's being a hypocrite, okay? Is it the boss or is it the employees? Because for me personally, I, I didn't have this mindset. Whenever I would, uh, you know, if I wasn't making enough, I got another job and another job. I never had just one job ever. I never just had one job. Okay. So I knew what I needed to do. And it wasn't telling my boss, hey, you need to pay me more. Okay. Because when you sign up, you know how much you're getting paid. Now there's laws that, you know, you have to give a raise at a certain amount of time. And I'm not talking about, but I'm not going to go to my $8 an hour job boss and tell me, tell him you got to pay me $15 an hour. No, I'm just going to go and get another job. And where he suffers is, you know, he's not going to have me fully dedicated, but he also understands that because he knows that I have to make a living. So, I mean, bosses on the one hand, they can't be mad at you that you're not fully dedicated to their company if they're not paying you enough and they know that. But at the same time, um, do we have the right to demand that this, this new business pays us more when they budget it to, to pay this amount of people, this amount of money so they can get their business started? They're like, no. We want $15 an hour. You want to pay us 10, we want $15 an hour because we need to make more money. And some people said in the comments, and I want you to react to this, Mohammed. Some people said in the comments, they said, look, when you go to school, you choose the focus. If you choose a focus in school that doesn't make a lot of money, you can't get mad at people that 
you can't make money in your in your field. Mm. What what do you have to say that? Because you know they say that a lot about the master students. Yeah, the thing is, I agree with this a thousand percent because even just leave the master's degree for a minute. Mm -hmm. Let's just go with school in general because that's what I found for me. Yeah, even with my bachelor's degree. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, a lot of times people don't really know, but I'm from the Ivory Coast in West Africa. Mm -hmm. And even if I boil down to only my people of us that are here in the US, most of us went into something around business administration. Mm -hmm. Why? Because we were raised with the belief that if you want to make money, you got to work in an office. Yeah. Or you got to do something business. But when I found that here in the U.S., even the people mm -hmm. that were from here with these degrees around business administrations, yeah. we're not getting jobs, literally at all. What's the point? The point is, if you want to go to school, make sure to select yeah. the something that pays the money. Pays the bills. Even if it's hard. Oh my you gosh. rather go through it because that's one of my number one mistake right now. I should have, I think I told you that already. I should have done computer science straight up. Yeah. Because that's what I've always wanted to do as a kid. But I never thought that, I never was confident enough. I never thought that I could pull this through. Yeah. So I never had the guts to go for it. Right. Yeah. So now looking back, I know that. I can always figure things out. So even mm -hmm. if I had gone for computer science, I know that I would have figured it out. So definitely I agree with that 1000%. Even if it's hard, if it's going to pay you money, and even if you like it a little bit or yeah. not at all, you can figure it out along the way. And you can always do the things that you love, right? You doesn't have to be stick or stuck into one thing. You can always do the things that you love around that one major or that one school career. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. I remember when you were talking, I remember that uh, there was this one girl I met like probably about six years ago, seven years ago, probably eight years ago, who was in school for playing uh, like, a cello or something like that mm. and that's what she was majoring in in school for playing cello what's that it's like an instrument just, she wanted oh, to be a okay. concert celloist oh and that was her degree and let me tell you that's a major flex you know that mm. that's a flex when your kid does not have to go to school for a a job that pays well is a flex that's me saying my parents are rich I can go to school for whatever I want because only parents who need their kids to become successful want their kids to go for doctor lawyer stuff like that yeah. right so rich people they don't care what their kids go to school for right because you know it doesn't matter that's that's kind of like a flex but that's besides the, the point but yeah it's true now, as you, as you were talking, I clicked onto Instagram and I see a post talking about hypocrisy. It says, 
Petition to remove Kevin Samuels from Instagram and YouTube receives massive support. Mm. So it says a petition to have popular relationship coach Kevin Samuels removed and banned from YouTube and Instagram is almost at its goal with over 8,000 signatures in less than a week. Mm-hmm. Do you think Kevin is that bad that he should be removed from social media? Are you asking me? I mean, that's, that's the question that they're asking. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like mm-hmm. because maybe it's because Kevin has a lot of followers or whatever. Yeah. But this happens all the time, every day to people that are doing stuff online. Right. So I don't know. I don't know. It's it's some of the points that he makes are valid, but see, you know, the best villains have good points. You know what I mean? No, no villain. Let's just, just talk like movie stuff, superhero stuff. No villain is completely wrong. They're almost right. Mm. And there's many things that Kevin Samuel says that are right, but then he, he takes, you know, it to a different level that is in a, a, a gray area or in an area that that could be wrong and so um you know because there's a lot of women that say that he's correct in some of the things that he says mm-hmm. and um but then some men that say no he's he's going too far he's he's being hypocritical what do you think say it in the comments what do you what are your thoughts about Kevin Samuels? Are you on his side or not on his side? I mean, I've I followed all the stuff. So I know, you know, what his background is. I've heard about all of this different stuff. For me, being in marketing, I've seen it as marketing from from the get go. Right. You know, that's I actually believe that's his background is in advertising. Mm-hmm. So he knows the formula. Right. And um, let me I'll tell you. I've been mentored by a lot of different people. Once I was mentored by a politician, he told me that in order to make noise, make waves and to get popular, you only have to do one thing. You have to give shock value. You don't have to be right, he said. He Mm -hmm. insisted, don't worry about whether you're right or wrong. Just be loud. Mm-hmm. whoever is loud is the person that will get attention that is how you you bring up your you gotta you gotta take something he said take an opinion and just drive it all the way to the far edge yeah. just be extreme about it just be extreme on anything yeah. and that is how you will raise the popularity you gotta stand up for one thing yeah and i'm, I'm we've seen lots of different radio hosts become popular mm-hmm. just by saying something so outrageous and having a very outrageous opinion. And I want to give you a secret. Some of it is just bull crap. They don't even believe what they're saying. There are some politicians who say things that don't really believe what they're saying. It's an act. I can just go off on, because this guy really schooled me to what the political world is really about. That's why I've stayed away from politics. Mm -hmm. Even though my heart is for the people and doing meaningful things to impact communities, I've stayed away from politics because of what this man has shown me 
what the real is on the back end and it is twisted it's twisted if you only knew but that's aside from the point look we have darlisa in the comments she says um people don't realize that they are increasing his value by complaining his views are increasing and that is making his funders like him more because the numbers are increasing. That is true. She said, people today sadly don't want to work. They just want to get paid. The influencer or viral trend has damaged the workplace. I Do you think that, Mohammed? Think about this. Back in the day, you could pick something in school. You could become an expert at it. You could become a person and build a reputation around your philosophy or whatever and do good with it and that is how you become a name you become somebody albert einstein for instance years and years of of college lectures hustling like you know trying to take his theories somewhere and get noticed Mm -hmm. he didn't become anybody in in the public eye until he was an old man but he had years of trying to sell these thoughts, you know, as a young man. Mm-hmm. So now today, viral celebrityism is can you, can you a thing. That, can you read that comment? She's again? saying people today sadly don't want to work. They just want to get paid. The influencer, quote unquote, or viral trend has damaged the workplace. Is that true? Has it damaged the workplace? Or has it made it, you know, lower barriers for people to get recognized for other types of talents outside of the workplace? And who, who was saying that? Darlisa. Okay. I think the thing is, I feel like we got to also understand the periods and the processes. Yeah. Because when you were talking about Albert Einstein, back mm-hmm. in the day, there was no personal brand like that. Yeah. So even if, because if that personal brand thing was there back then, uh-huh. Einstein would have sold his ideas 10 times easier. Yeah. Right. So even though I do technically agree that a lot of people want to go the easy route mm-hmm. or thinking it's an easy route, because I promise you it's not. Mm. I literally promise you it's not. Mm-hmm. but perception that it's an easy route even a lot of the marketer influencer today make it yeah. look like you just click two things on google and you just become rich which is yeah. literally not the case mm-hmm. so the point is even though i agree that today there is this perceptive idea mm-hmm. that it's easier to get online and go viral and do whatever whatever which is true yeah but you cannot remove all the people that want to share true value through mm-hmm. these routes because it's through this. Well, I mean, not to cut you off, but I think she's talking about those Charlie D'Amelio type people. She's not talking about, for instance, like the new people who are actually bringing value. She's talking about the famous for being famous people. But she also said, I feel like people nowadays People feel they should get top dollar on all things, rather degreed or not. That's that is true. That top is top dollars. Like they want to get paid. Like she's saying that 
there's people now, they feel like they get, need to get paid at this level, even though they don't have this level of skill oh, or yeah. education. Yeah, I... Yeah, that, that's totally agreeable. Yeah. Okay, wait. Let's, all, all day. <laughs> all day. Let's get, let's get back day. on track. Okay, so, um, but that, that topic could go on for days. All right, so everybody's talking about how Jeff Bezos was saying, uh, and we will get to the lesson. We're getting there. Uh, hang on. Um, Jeff Bezos comment, you paid for the ship. Right, he just launched himself into space, um, and he, his comment. He said, "I want to thank all of the Amazon workers because you paid for the ship." I think he misspoke. Okay, I'm not a Jeff Bezos person. I'm not, you know, don't, you know, whatever. I'm not a Jeff Bezos uh, fan or anything like that. But there's a lot to learn from the man. But these days, you can't even misspeak because when people can't stand how rich you are, like you, you can't say anything wrong. And I can see why those types of people, they don't really speak publicly because you say one wrong thing. What he meant to say, this is what I, I, I can't say this. I can't say this is what he meant to say. But what I imagine he wanted to say is, I want to thank all of the Amazon workers because you made this possible. Uh, is your hard work and us together building this company that financed this project and it was successful because of you? Instead of just saying you paid, you paid for the ship. I think it was just a bad, a bad sentence. What do you think? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at, at the Bezos level, I don't really know if he does his talking or if somebody writes the talking for him. He was just talking candidly. I was just talking like that? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do agree that, I do agree with you that that's what he meant. Yeah. Maybe his delivery was, uh... and the thing is, you also got to understand in his head, maybe his delivery was right. I don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Don't what do know. you think? What do you think? Okay, let's get into the lesson, okay? Um, so we were talking about hypocritical leaders. Are you a hypocritical leader? How do you know? Whose standards have you chosen to live by? Whose standards? Your standards? This is why we're having this podcast is because you need to... If you don't have those people in your life, and I know that being a leader sometimes can be lonely, depending, but if you don't have those people in your life that are willing to tell you the truth and sharpen you, and you're so busy running around, you can't have those moments where you just breathe and think to yourself and have those self-awareness and meditation moments, you need this, okay? And uh, I'm fortunate and blessed that I'm able to have moments like that and so I have a few thoughts for, for you okay now I'm going to tell you something I wrote this probably like 10 years ago or longer mm. but I went through and I had like 10 I, and I think maybe 11 12 I found nine that were really good so here's some points on hypocr hypocrisy and leadership okay or being a hypocrite leader 
Now let's talk about what a, a hypocrite is, okay? This is my definition. A hypocrite is a person who says one thing and does another. Very simple, right? Says one thing, does another. And I am a strong believer of, okay, you live the way you truly believe. Regardless of what you say, what you live is what you actually believe. Many of us say many, many things. What we live is what we're convinced of. Now, many of us are dealing with vices and our own personal demons. Mm -hmm. Many of us struggle with weakness in a certain area. We're wise in one area, foolish in another area. But generally speaking, we generally live consistently with what we're convinced of, okay? Number two, a hypocrite is opinionated about other people's flaws, but not their own. A hypocrite is opinionated about other people's flaws and not their own. This is why people think that Kevin Samuels is a hypocrite. Because I don't know if you saw that thing about the flip the camera around and there was a guy laying in the bed. Did you see that? No. Let's not be messy. Let's not go into that. <laughs> then if you didn't see it, I'm not even going to talk about it. But for many reasons, people think he's a hypocrite. Okay. That's the risk that you take when you are opinionated, like the politician told me to be. When you're overly opinionated and really harp on other people's failures and short shortcomings, people start digging into yours. And if they don't see that you live according to the way that you judge, you have a problem, okay? A hypocrite cannot control his or her, her mouth. A hypocrite cannot control what comes out of his or her mouth. Now, I'm a believer in, nobody else is, nobody is perfect, okay? But I'm a believer in the fact that if you can control what comes out of your mouth, then you have self-discipline, right? I also believe in controlling your thoughts. That's another story. And that's something else we could talk about on another day. But controlling your tongue, can you control your tongue, right? Because if you can judge people for their weaknesses and their lack of self-discipline, but you can't control the words that come out of your mouth, you might be a hypocrite, okay? Number four, a hypocrite performs acts of kindness to be seen. A hypocrite performs acts of kindness to be seen, okay? Mm. So I really, really, I can't stand when people do things for public attention. You, you ever notice how like so when celebrities do something, there's always somebody recording, there's always, it's always a news break. Okay, that's PR, okay? <laughs> if you're doing kind acts to be seen, then that is hypocritical. In my view, that's hypocritical. Mm -hmm. So what are you doing for the people under you that you have not asked for credit for, or you are not trying to put on public display. Think about all of the companies that are saying, we're diverse, we do this for women, we do this for minorities, blah, 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 blah. And they have to broadcast it everywhere. 
But let's see your statistics. Let's see your reports. Let's survey your employees. Let's see how they feel. Don't broadcast what you're doing for people, okay? Because if you're doing it just to be seen and to get credit for it, you're being hypocritical because it's not really from the heart, okay? Number five, a hypocrite has a great mission statement that he doesn't live. A great mission statement that he doesn't live. It comes back to when I said, you live the way you truly believe. If your mission statement is not congruent with how you treat people at your job or in your church or in your leadership group or your, your mentor group or whatever it is you're in charge of, then you're being a hypocrite, okay? I, I run One Million Cups Fort Worth. Okay, One Million Cups Fort Worth is about inclusivity. It is about being radically and intentionally inclusive. If I decide that I wanna deny people because I don't like the color of their skin, if I don't like certain things about them or their political views or whatever, then I'm not being um, inclusive. One thing I don't like is when you go to a One Million Cups and it's different from the last one. You're supposed to have the same experience. The experience changes because you're dealing with different leaders and some leaders are not running their One Million Cups congruent to the mission statement. The mission statement is that we are inclusive. You do not block people because they're not like the people in your group. You know, some one million cups groups, they like to, you know, have a one million cups that's that's about a certain industry. You're not supposed to do that. It's not supposed to be industry specific. Are you it are you living congruently to your mission? Number six, a hypocrite judges others for things they haven't gotten caught doing yet. A hypocrite judges others for things they haven't got caught doing yet. <laughs> okay you know what i'm going to add another point in here a hypocrite is a person who judges someone for something they just stopped doing <laughs> okay i know that i've been guilty of this because you know whenever i was overweight and i was eating badly as soon as i learned how to, to eat right i was judging everybody oh you want to eat that you need to be exercising and knowing I was struggling the whole time there would be days Mohammed I promise you that I would literally eat five donuts in less than 10 minutes (laughs) let's go let me tell you something and and I looked great too this was a time when I was bodybuilding and Mm. I looked great and no one will know I ate five donuts that morning and I would go go and tell people about nutrition and all those different things yeah Okay, nobody's perfect. Why why were you laughing about that when I was talking about No, because it's I mean, at least this last two were like so true and mm-hmm. so everybody doing that unless you because I kind of used to do that too. But I don't know why for me I've always played a little bit with maybe you should have that on a little different podcast 
but I always played with awareness mm-hmm. talk. Mm-hmm. So even especially this past three, four years, when I catch myself do that, I'll try to back off a little bit. Yes. And remember that I was also at that spot. Mm-hmm. Especially with the with some of these things. Because sometimes you forget that you were struggling with these. Yes. Because you solved that problem today. Yes. So you literally, it's kind of like being confident. People mm-hmm. just be confident. Dude, how do I do that? Yeah. So when you're confident today, sometimes you forget how you were struggling yes. four, five, six, seven years ago. And you just tell people, oh, you just got to be confident, but you got to tell them or explain or kind of remember and understand that they were also where you were five years ago mm-hmm. and help them get to where you are today. If that's something you want to do. That, that is so true. And, and I mean, that's the big takeaway. He said it. In the time where you feel like you want to judge someone, take a moment and think about when you did the exact same thing. Okay. Um, Now I'm going to be vulnerable on this next one, number seven, and we have nine, by the way. Number seven is a hypocrite says that they care, but take no action. A hypocrite says that they care and take no action. This is my biggest hypocritical area. I promise you it is. I will tell people how much I care about them and not do anything. I I do that with family. I do that with friends sometimes. I try to do better. And then another thing I do with is with the poor. Now, I'm I'm about to get a lot of darts for this one. Let Let me tell you, explain why. Back in the day, I was a very gullible person anybody could come tell me a sad story and I would believe them because I believe that everybody told the truth okay (laughs) um I was young impressionable gullible this led to many years of being used and lied to by a lot of different people who appeared to be needy and needing help I got scammed a lot Mm. by friends friends and people that I would meet along the way, because I was just a very helpful person. Even when I didn't have anything, I would give because that's the way I was raised. Fast forward a few years, my heart hardened. It hardened so much. If you even, if you even looked like you were about to ask me for money, I got upset. I cut everybody off. No one could borrow anything from me whether I had it or not to give okay now I have rules around that about how I give because it's not that you shouldn't give it's about giving wisely not every time someone asks you should give now we can debate about that all right but my philosophy is you need to be wise in your giving okay you can also give and hope for the best but you may be doing a foolish thing. Over the years, I got, my heart got hardened, okay? So anybody that asks me for money, um, beggars on the street and stuff like that, deuces. That's how I am. The sad, that's very sad. I admit that I don't like that about me, but I know that. I'm aware of that. Are you aware? How do you respond when people need you when you say that you care are you showing it 
love unshown is unknown. If you don't follow up with action, people will not believe you, not long-term. So are you putting action behind your words? Number eight, a hypocrite takes credit for things they had nothing to do with. A hypocrite takes credit. I don't know why he's doing that. We'll figure it out later. A hypocrite takes credit for things they had nothing to do with. So that means that... Um, you know, it means just what it says, <laughs> you know, being in a position for, for instance, you see it in marketing, you've seen it on TV, right? Like the guy gets his idea stolen from the boss, the yeah. boss takes the credit and yeah. like, well, you said, nah, nah, nah. Yeah. Oh, kid, even, that's how it is in the business, you know? <laughs> even coming back, that's a very good point because even coming back to the whole Charlie D'Amelio thing, yeah because this is true what darlisa was saying there is always two type of people yeah if you want to put a little bit more gasoline on that point Mm -hmm. it's like a whole trend right now Mm. and it's been there forever if you go back a little bit to the black and white a lot of the ideas from this side will go on that side Uh and then gasoline on there even the kid that did that kcam Korea, mm-hmm. it was a whole white girl that went on national TV to do that, right? Mm-hmm. So definitely that point, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, uh, look, I delegate a lot in my company. So there's no way I can sit up there and take credit for things that um <laughs> I didn't do. Okay. Would I love to? I mean, you know, sometimes I get tempted, but This is why I hire great people. You hire great people so they do a good job and they deserve that credit, okay? So if my client got a big sale because of somebody on my team that I hired, hey, that's still a win for me because that means that I put the right person in position to do the job, okay? So that's the way that I look at it. But don't take credit for things you had nothing to do with. Okay. If you have something to do with this, say what that specific thing is, but don't be vague. Like, well, you know, we did this, you know, we did this now. Well, you know, I had, you know, actually people will respect you if you are humble in those cases, right? You say, you know, actually Muhammad was the one that came up with that idea. I just did this small part. You know, he deserves all the credit. People will respect that. Yeah. Okay, so do that in in any case that you can. Now, before I give you number nine, I'm going to read you our strawberry letter. Now, if if you don't know what a strawberry letter is, it's kind of like a Dear Abby thing is when somebody writes in to the host and they give a situation out. I'm about to give you a real life situation and I want you to tell me in the comments what you think. Okay. All right. This person says, and Mohammed, I want you to react, okay? I work in a restaurant. My manager, a woman, came from another location where the chef sexually harassed her. She hated it there so much that she left and came to our location to get away from him. A month or so ago, the chef started to harass me. 
He had a crush on me and I shut him down. Now every day he makes noises at me and calls me names. I've told her about it and she ignores it. She's literally there hearing him antagonize me daily, yet she pretends not to hear. I love my job, but I'm considering leaving because she won't even attempt to help me, yet she knows exactly what it feels like. How can she rationalize allowing another female to be harassed under her watch when she literally came to our boss crying about the harassment she endured not even a year ago? Signed, Ashlyn S. from Crowley, Texas. Okay, so basically the situation, if I'm understanding correctly, is a female manager was being harassed at her at a restaurant yeah. by the chef. Mm -hmm. She left to another branch of that same restaurant mm -hmm. and got hired as the manager there. Yeah. Not long after, one of the chefs at the new location. Yeah. started harassing one of the other pe females yeah she's seeing it but she's not doing anything about it when literally she just left the situation where she was a victim yeah. but she's not helping this girl and she's the manager she's the manager now it's illegal to do that like you literally have to and if you are a leader a manager a restaurant manager or a supervisor if some, somebody, anybody is talking about they're being harassed, you have the legal responsibility to follow up with it. If you don't, the branch can get sued because of you. So just, just to let you know, I looked that up. You can, that is actually illegal. And that person can, um, I believe they can go to unemployment and you can, they can, the boss can get sued for unemployment the whole company can get sued because the supervisor or manager doesn't want to call out the sexual harassment. That's hypocritical. That's why I use that story today. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is, is there another word? Because it looks like hypocritical. It's not, it's yeah, not enough. It's not enough. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm trying to, Think of different angles. Yeah. Maybe she's scared, but she's the manager. She's the manager. So even if she's scared, what is she scared of? Or why? That's the thing. Now, see, that's the thing. If she's the manager, let's yeah. say she's the new manager, because they're saying that this didn't happen too long ago that she was at the other place. What if she's afraid of the chef? Or if she's like, well, what if something happens and I get fired? Or what if they get mad at me? Yeah. Like, I think she's looking out for herself. Yeah, because the only reason that I'm seeing here, I mean, I don't know if I'm right or wrong. Yeah. But I've just had a whole 360, 10 times of different thinking angles right now. I think she's just scared of something. Either she's scared of something or she doesn't like you, Ashlyn. <laughs> she doesn't like you. So she's watched, she's just twiddling her thumbs, watching you get bullied. That's a woman's and she's thing. not going to do nothing about it because she don't like you. Yeah, isn't a woman's? You guys see how they know each other? Yeah, that, that's, that's good. that could be it. Maybe that's it. And if but, that's it, you know, you have to pray about it. I would pray about it. So would a woman let another, another woman, woman get friend? harassed? Yes. 
<laughs> yes, they will. Will another woman let another woman get harassed if they don't? Oh, yes. <laughs> like, I, I don't hear enough. I don't know what Ashlyn's talking about. Like, he didn't do nothing. Because it, or, and what if she's friends with the chef? What if they're close? What if that's her man? Yeah. You don't have any, I mean, we need more information. But, yeah, we need more there. Yeah, but I, if, if it's bothering you that much, I would leave. I don't know if I would pursue legal action because how much money do you have to devote to that? Um, but I would definitely go to corporate about it and have them investigate it yeah. because if you if the boss let's say the manager doesn't do it your manager is not doing what they said they should then go to the supervisor or yeah. the person above them and if they don't do anything then you need to go to corporate yeah. and just document everything okay let's get to number nine um so the final note is a hypocrite is a self-righteous person who abuses authority at the end of the day, if you are abusing your authority or using your authority to um, get you things that you ordinarily could not, um, using it as leverage in a um, immoral way, and you know some people's morals are you know it's kind of a gray area to them, so they don't know. But a hypocrite is is self righteous. They don't think they do anything wrong. And you know who else thinks like that? Sociopaths and psychopaths, okay? <laughs> you don't, this is why we need to examine ourselves regularly. Now, if you would like to be a guest, we are accepting guests. Um, I want you to email me and on the subject line, put LeBeau's Lessons guest. If you want to submit a question like Ashlyn or, or submit a strawberry letter, you can email me at LeBeau, I mean, um, put the subject line, uh, LeBeau's Lessons Question. And if you want to be a sponsor, um, you can do that and put subject line LeBeau's Lessons Sponsor. And the email is admin at uh, LeBeau.io. Uh, they can't see that. I was going to go write it on the board, but they can't see that. Uh, before we go, I want to show everybody our shirts, our new shirts. They just came in today, and we got our first LeBeau shirts, right? Company shirts. From now on, everybody's going to be wearing uniforms. Um, going to be wearing uniforms. So, like, we literally just got them today. So look like school uniforms <laughs> but whatever me and Muhammad are about to start going to different campuses recruiting and so this is what we gotta we gotta come correct and I have our blazers on and all that good stuff um definitely like share comment all of that good stuff um hope you like this and if you if you um if you share it with someone Share it with someone that you care about that's in a leadership position that you think would like this podcast, okay? So join us next time for LeBeau's Lessons. going to be Thursday, 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. You guys have a great rest of your week. Bye. <laughs>